Hi friends, we're so glad that you've joined us today. Each week, we gather together to do what women do best, talk. We discuss life's issues from a Bible-centered, multi-generational perspective. We know life is hectic, so if you're looking for a place to be refreshed in a world that seems to be running dry of truth, you found the right place. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Conversations at the Well. So glad that you are here today to join us for this conversation. We have a wonderful mother-daughter duo, very special to us today, very special in my life. Jenny, the mom, was my co-worker and a co-laborer of a mom uh, as we were raising our children together. And Emma Kate, the daughter, I had the very much the privilege of teaching her when she was a freshman in high school all those many years ago. So it is great to have you back with us, and we're going to let you introduce yourselves. Jenny, why don't you start? Okay. My name is Jenny Lou. Um, Lou is my last name, not my middle name. And I am uh, pretty much uh, I was pretty much raised, I wasn't born, but raised in, in Dallas, Texas. And um, I grew up in Plano, and I'm an Aggie. And I uh, am married to Lauren Lou, and we've been married almost 30 years. And we have three kids. Emma Kate here is our oldest. And um, most of my career, my life has been spent raising my kiddos. And then when I went back to work, when my youngest was in kindergarten, I taught um, AP European history and um, honors English at the sophomore level at TCA alongside Campino. She's the one who roped me into that job. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> So um, anyway, all those years ago, and that was a great blessing. So I've been retired a year. This is my second, my second year of retirement, and um, I live in Dallas, um, not far from my sweet daughter here. That's about it. Yes. Emma Kate? My name is Emma Kate, and I was born and raised in Dallas, and I went to TCA for 14 years, kindergarten through 12th grade, made the lifer um, definition. Um, and then I went out to Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, where I studied nursing in Spanish and um, played Division One golf for them, um, which was a very challenging time, but an awesome time and decided to move back to Dallas to be close to your family and for other reasons that we'll probably get into. Now I am a labor and delivery nurse at uh, Baylor University Medical Center in downtown Dallas. I'm loving it. I've been doing that for the last two years. Yeah, just working the night shift and trying to be a normal human outside of that. So. <laughs> in the in the groggy hours, trying to be a normal human. Thank you for so much for joining us today. We love having other mother-daughter duos on. One of the first things we wanted to talk about on today's podcast was what have been the highs and lows of transitioning back from college, back to living in uh, your hometown, really close to your parents. I, I'm in that same transition right now. So, you know, we were talking before this and saying, wow, we hope they have some good stuff to to teach us and tell us because we're trying to uh, go through that right now and finding our own highs and lows. So I wonder if you could both kind of give your own perspective of having a child move back and being the child who's moving back after college and that transition. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody really prepared me for life post-grad as far as telling me how hard it was going to be. Um, I think I just assumed I was going to get a job, move back home, closer to family, um, 
and it was going to be a familiar city, a familiar territory. Um, and honestly, like my first probably six to eight months of moving back to Dallas were probably some of the hardest months that I had. Um, just a lot of change, and I don't love change. Yeah. Um, I had like a fantastic four years at Belmont, loved it, um, and just did not um, like particularly expect um, that it was going to be like this difficult. Um, and so I think part of that was just a the transition moving cities, um, be the transition of um, moving back into my parents' home after being independent for four years um breaking up with a boyfriend who I at one point I thought like I saw a future with um starting a new job going to night shift um just like not having any friends too really like back in Dallas I think I moved back thinking that like oh like I had some I had a couple high school friends here who helped me transition but I hadn't seen them in you know four or five years and um it was just different um a lot of my friends from Belmont went to all different states and I think, like, I really leaned on my parents those first few months with just, like, a lot of the change that I was going through. But I think if I had known, like, hey, like, when you graduate and you head into the adult world, like, it's not going to be, like, all stars, butterflies, and unicorns. Like, that might have helped me, I think, prepare just a little bit. But I think once I found my home church at Northway, um, I that's really where I got plugged in and met like, a ton of my my people really all of my people but um that's kind of like the short synopsis of like how the first few months went um it's definitely weird to come back home and be kind of like mm-hmm. under a roof again that um I hadn't been under for like four or five years and just kind of thinking like you know through my schedule family schedule having to kind of go back to like feeling a little bit more like I was in high school again um, but also trying to function as an independent adult. So I think when I moved out that summer, it probably helped our relationship, I think, as a mom-daughter, and I think just parental, like, relationship in general to be able to, like, have a healthy amount of distance, but also a distance where, I mean, I still come home and spend the night once a week, I feel like. So um, that's kind of, like, how I would summarize that time period. So for us, I think um, one of my biggest fears in having Emma Kate and then her brother Sam go to Belmont was that they would never come home. And I mean, never come home, meaning they would not like end up permanently living back in Dallas. Um, and it appears that's going to be the way for Sam. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Who knows what the Lord has for him? So it was really actually, I mean, we even had bought a house there for them to live in and a place that was kind of a future that my husband and I would like, you know, be a house that we would go stay in whenever we would see them. That was kind of the idea of it. So her, it didn't, wasn't until like the end of her senior year that she had made a decision to come back to Dallas, um, which was just the best because um, I remember, and I tell her this, not to make her feel guilty, but like when they put her in my arms for the very first time at the hospital, I was like already like crying. I remember I was just, you know, so in love with her as a baby um, that I was already crying about like, one day you're going to move away from me and you're not going to live under my roof anymore. <laughs> and all those things which are so good and natural. So her coming back was just this huge gift and kind of a surprise. And the fact that she was getting a job here and putting down some roots was just great news. We were very excited about that. But it did open up a chapter of, of well, and even we had even experienced this someone with our kids in college. 
that. My husband and I really believe in our experience that parenting adult children has been by far the hardest stage because you've got this funny dynamic that they need to be making their own decisions. They need to be independent. They need to feel like they have your trust. Um, and we really had not managed their lives in Nashville at all. I mean, you know, they had to navigate everything from if their car was broken or their um, they got sick or whatever it was. They kind of had to, you know, learn to do that on their own just because we weren't right there. And so, and I think that had been really healthy. But coming back, and of course, her moving in was, you know, all, at the same time my dream, but also led to this kind of complex, how do we let her be an adult, but when we are kind of right there too and have still have opinions. And there's also that dynamic of for a while there, we were still providing things for her. You know what I'm saying? She was under our roof, you know, with your parents say, living under my roof and I'm paying all your bills, that kind of thing. So that's been difficult. I mean, that hasn't, that's been something that if I think of our, I don't know that to the extent even that how much our kids know that we have struggled with that privately, my husband and I. Mm. Um, like even last week, we, there was, or two weeks ago, there was something going on with my son and my husband and I were, it was one of those, like, what do we say? How much do we get involved? How much do we not say? And something that was going on and we were really hashing it out. And my younger daughter came down from upstairs and she was like, y'all need to chill. It's like, he's an adult. Let him do it on his own. Don't say anything. Don't, she was giving us all this advice just to stay out of it. And we were like, that's what we're going to do. We're just, you don't know that we do this. Like we have to work this out between us before we kind of go. And if we do feel like we need to say something to our kids about anything. So it's just, we weigh heavily. We do know now, and I've read some books some parenting books and, and this has been a growth process for us all. And we certainly have messed up on many occasions. I, I am learning that I think we need to listen a lot more and speak a lot less. Mm -hmm. And very hard for me because speaking is my spiritual gift. <laughs> <laughs> and giving unsolicited advice is I'm really good at doing. So um, there have been times. And so the beauty of it is, is that the Lord provided this great roommate for her who asked her to move out just within a couple months of her moving back in. Um, and I, I mean, deep in my heart, I was disappointed because I thought, oh, we're going to have a year at least to live before she goes off and, you know, gets an apartment or something like that. Um, and that happened much sooner. But that was, I think, the Lord's kindness to us. Like Emma Kate said, it put us, it gave us a little, uh, it gave us space to, for her to live her life and um, be able to, like, not be under our authority. And she really wasn't at that point. She's, make, she's working. She's making her own living. She's, she is on her own. And it gave us some, some space to be able to parent without having to tell them everything we were thinking, if that makes sense. I mean, hash things out on our own and kind of go through that kind of thing. So I do, um, I've loved the new stage. I mean, it's definitely um, had some ups and downs, but I love the, like, I want I want her to want to come home. I, I want her to, I want all my kids to want to come home, not to feel like they have to. And then Lauren and I have become really like enjoyed our, our um, empty nesting so that I think that's been healthy too for us to kind of have our own life and to move into this new season to where we don't like need our kids or need them, you know, in order to be happy or to feel um, fulfilled. But then it becomes a more of a, a different kind of relationship instead of a parent child, really more of a, of a friend, you know? So, yeah. I wonder if you could give each of you, and I'm springing this on you, so it's okay if you don't have anything, but 
I wonder if you could give some advice. I can't call you Jenny. I have to call you Mrs. Lou. I was, oh, and, and I was Caroline, uh, Caroline's sophomore history. Yeah. English teacher. yeah. So I'm conditioned to where I, I'll call you Mama Lou. Uh, uh, Mama Lou, I wonder if you could give some advice to um, girls who are moving back home um, and who are, you know, maybe in the middle of, like me, <laughs> who are in the middle of that and don't really know how to navigate it. Um, and some advice you give to them and Emma Kay, I wonder if you could give an advice to some moms, just things that you both observed about each other and, uh, celebrate some victories that each one of you had that could be replicated by other people. Um, I would say this. I rem- well, also, I remember when Emma Kate moved back, like, what was it? Two years ago, Emma Kate? that June, I had a group of my former students, uh, come by tea we had I had tea with them. There's a group of girls that we had like we'd had tea a couple times while they were in college. So they're all about three year two or three years ahead of in the case. And we got into this discussion. They're all in kind of settled now a little into their new careers and um I think one of them maybe was engaged or whatever. And they were just talking. They said as a group we had no idea how hard that transitioning into adult life was going to be. And it was for those exact same reasons that in the case said. So sometimes I think if you just know like that that's normal and that lots of people go through that. Um, that's a somewhat of a comfort so that you can kind of give yourself some grace of like, um, like, oh, I'm not the only one experiencing this. Right. And of course, y'all live in this glorious world of social media where everyone puts, you know, all of their honest pictures on, you know, um, Instagram or whatever. So it can look like everybody else is just having this great time in the new city with their new whatever roommate or or going back and living at home and trying to figure out what they're going to do after they get out of grad school or whatever. Um, just to know that that's a time of change and it's okay to feel like to, to be a little bit, you know, uh, just to know it's coming and that when you feel that way, that's very universal human experience and it will get better. Sometimes I think it, we do them, we do people a disservice by not, um, I'm just setting expectations. Nobody really wants to be a Debbie Downer, but I, I've always found in my life, if I at least know that what I'm going through is normal and that other people also experience it, that helps. And to also know that it, it will get better. It absolutely will get better to have grace for yourself and um, in getting through that time. Something else I would tell daughters is have patience with your mama. And, and Emma Kate has. But have patience in the sense that they're figuring this out too. Like this, there's no playbook. And especially if you're, if you're the firstborn or if you're the first daughter, there's not a, like Clara will be so, you know, <laughs> high functioning because we've learned by the time we get to our youngest, we've kind of, we've kind of calmed down and realized, you know, how things work better, what not, what to do and what not to do. But those firstborns, especially those firstborn daughters, I think sometimes they're the brunt of just, you know, we're newbies at doing this too. And so, just trying to figure out that balance. And um, I also just think communicate and talk about the elephants in the room. When there, when there's something that's bothering you or something that mom's doing that makes you feel stupid or makes you feel like you're not heard or makes you feel like she doesn't think you're an adult, I think it's good to talk about it um, versus kind of harbor it or feel like you still have to act like an obedient daughter that doesn't, you know, say anything. I think that's good advice because you're right, Jenny. We, we moms are just trying to navigate the newness of everything too, right? And we've had, at this point, 21 years 
of kind of going down a road of pattern behaviors, reactions yeah. that we have. Um, and I've said to Caroline, you know, it doesn't matter how old you get, I'm always going to be your mother, right. you know? So even though our roles change, mm-hmm. you can't take that away from me. Right. <laughs> it's inbred, you know, the, right. the, um, right. The need to fix your problems for you, the need for you to want to be happy, the need to, to say, well, if you can't figure it out, I can do it for you to catch right. you in whatever way we think we need to catch you. That's right. God puts that in us instinctively so that you survive initially. Right. right? <laughs> so that's all good things. So for moms right. to have to recondition themselves <laughs> to recognize that instinct and then say, no, 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 I have to. I have to not act on that now because they don't need me to do that. And in fact, for them to learn how to survive, they have to learn how to navigate without me. Right. Right. Yes. And there's even things like that, just even habits you get in, like it was a joke with my mom and me growing up and it's probably not very funny to imitate at all. But I would always, my mother would chase me out of that house. You need some red lipstick. You're a good southern girl. You need your, and so there's things even like that, like little Things that, like, I might have easily have said to her in high school, even even about appearance that that are not that are, that have a different weight now, and that are I need to be really careful of. That I don't need to think like, oh, it doesn't matter if I say this to her, you know, because I do think there's certain things that are a little heavier now when they're adults, and it's none of my business if she wears lipstick or not, you know. Uh, and that's like a kind of a funny example, but yes, just. Watching, I I I just have to be more careful in certain things and what I say. My mothering in that aspect can sometimes do more damage. Yeah, Emma Kate, what advice do you have for moms? Oh, that's really good. Um, I think, like from what I remember, just that time, like I remember spending a lot of time at home too. Even when I moved out, I still came over and it's in the night a lot. Um, I think. Home was familiar. I'm a homebody. I love my mama. I love being in a familiar place. And I think the hard conversations for us to have were um, sometimes better when I brought them up or when I initiated them, I think. Because uh, I think that was kind of letting my mom know like I was ready to talk about them um, and whatever conversation that was. Not necessarily that, like, when my parents brought something up, that it wasn't a good conversation. But I do remember feeling like that her presence was, like, really all that I, like, wanted, if that makes sense. Um, Most of the time. Because it was just comforting, and it was, like, a place that I went to for a refuge. So I think, like, the best conversations we had were really ones where I just kind of was like, hey, mom, like, this this is something I'm experiencing. This is what I'm feeling. A lot of it was a lot of loneliness uh, when I moved back from Nashville, like not having a community. And so I think that was something that I learned was just learning to talk about things that were uncomfortable because I'm very much so like a non-confrontational, don't want to bring up like a topic that could potentially bring up hard feelings in myself or someone else or something like that. And I think I always like maybe feared a little bit too, like the advice that I was going to receive. If it was going to be advice that I actually wanted to hear, advice that I needed to hear. So I think for moms, like one of the best pieces of advice I would have is just like that your presence is always powerful, powerful enough. And I think that like just being there 
promotes like a safe environment for us to like have a conversation presence and just like also like I mean I think I called if I wasn't at home I think I called mom like every day <laughs> and that's how I was in college too I called her pretty often so like listening I think mom touched on that too um listening more than like maybe always speaking I think the more that like she asked me questions about how how I was feeling or how certain situation made me feel or how you know, I was doing the more I kind of opened up versus just like uh, giving like unsolicited like advice and just throwing like random pieces of advice towards me. Because at that point, parents are still my authority. Mom's still my authority. But I'm kind of learning this difference between how much do I have to obey me, my parents versus just honor them. I don't have to spend my money the way, the way they want me to spend my money. I don't have to, you know, live my life the way that they want to live they want me to live my life but I do at the end of the day the Bible says to honor them and respect them so that was kind of a you know a fine line to adjust to of learning how to um how to honor and respect um what they were telling me but how I didn't have to always do what they were saying so I think as a mom I, and I'm I know that once I have a daughter or a son someday like I will make these things like things mistakes or whatever like tenfold but um just like yeah listening and just being there and asking questions as far as like how things are going so I think the more questions that were asked the more I was able to like kind of vocalize what I was feeling I think a lot of the times I didn't even know what I was necessarily feeling during that time it was just I knew that I wasn't feeling at peace with a lot um and I just often wanted yeah wanted my mama I just want to say Thank you for your willingness to step in mm-hmm. to this podcast <laughs> because this is a part of it, right? It's the body of Christ. This is what we're supposed to do. And the Lord knows his timing is perfect. We tried to schedule your episode much earlier. Like at the end of the spring is when I first reached out to you and said, Hey, want you and Emma Kate on? And it kept getting delayed and pushed back and rescheduled. I would have not been ready for this conversation. Yeah. Had we done it then? Yeah. And so I am sure that the Lord is going to use this conversation in the greater body of Christ for those that on this side of heaven will never even know. And it's because you've been obedient to to answer the call and be vulnerable to be. Yeah. to, To be vulnerable, to trust in him, to trust in him that this isn't the lose advice, but it's what you've gleaned because you have walked the road with Jesus. I totally agree. That's the, that's the lesson of my life. I heard someone say last year when I was just at a high point of anxiety, which I'm usually not, but like going, we, we as Christians don't wring our hands. It was a definitive statement. We don't wring our hands. And I'm like, you're right. Why would I wring my hands over any parenting issue or you know anything? It, it shows a. It, 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 that's an indication that I'm starting to look to myself as the authority versus the Lord. Um, and He's got it. He's He's so got it. He's so good. So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for joining us today at Conversations at the Well. We hope your soul was truly refreshed by the story you heard and the words of wisdom that were spoken over you. Our ministry is doing work across borders. 
and we'd love for you to join us on mission, whether that's here in the U.S. or overseas. The best way to join us is by subscribing to our email newsletter. We love you, friends, and we'll see you next week at the next Conversation at the Well.